Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specializes in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. On today's show, I am delighted to be joined by Kieran Hannington. So Kieran Hannington is a personal trainer and he specialises in supporting men with their fertility journey. And this was inspired after Kieran himself has been through his own fertility journey. So welcome, Kieran. Can you start by telling us your story? First of all, I want to say thanks for having me. My story is that about 10, 11 years ago, me and my wife, uh, newly married, were looking to start a family, as most people do. We'd been trying for about six months to a year, and nothing really happening. We knew my wife had polycystic ovaries, so we were expecting some kind of hurdle, a little bit of a bumpy road. Jen, my wife, went to the doctors, had checks, and they you know, had their scans, and they were like, yep, you definitely got polycystic ovaries. And, and then there was a bit of a waiting time. We're looking at to get Clomid, get her ovulating. And then just before, went into six months to a year into the journey, we need to check you, Kieran. And um, I found out two weeks after giving a sample that it wasn't my wife that was the issue, it was me. I sat down and they turned to Jen and said, yeah, we can get you ovulating. And then they turned to me and said, but there's not much we can do for you, Kieran. It was a massive shock and it, it took me by surprise. And for a long time, I was in a lot of denial and I thought the doctors had got it wrong. I can't be like that. I'm a man's man and everything works and, and they've got it wrong. After another semen analysis came back that instead of having 20 million sperm, the recommended amount, I had about 1,500 uh, and less than 1% of that was viable. <laughs> I laugh now and I smile because I've been through the journey, but I know how tragic and painful it can be to get that news. I said to the doctors, I said, what can I do? And then they said, well, you've got to lose some weight and you've got to improve your diet, change some lifestyle. That was as far as the help went. I was annoyed at the fact that I'd been left till the last minute. After we had two fresh cycles and then we had a frozen cycle. After the frozen cycle, I decided that actually I needed to look at this and I started to process it myself, I think. I'd done sports science at university, but I started to look into why they were saying that my type of exercise or my way I was living was damaging my sperm health or could potentially. And I put together my own program to improve my life, completely changed my training habits, my eating habits, my lifestyle habits. After 18 months of doing that, my count had gone from uh, 1,500 to 4 million. Whoa. Now, it won't be like that for everyone, but you can make significant changes to improve the quality of your sperm health. And that's what I found. I'm nowhere near the 20 million recommended, but I got up to 4 million and they were a lot more viable. That's kind of how I ended up, which I do now, is train men going through fertility treatments themselves. So give them training packages that improve their fertility while um, keeping them happy and safe in terms of away from anything that they shouldn't be doing. And that's what I specialize in now. And I love it. What I find fascinating is that after you had the diagnosis and you have this extremely low sperm count and you said that you had like denial that this was happening to you. I assuming this is so common. What did you do in terms of your mindset 
to change from sticking your head in the sand to I actually have to go and start addressing this. I really wanted to be a dad, not going into too much detail, but me and my dad didn't have the best relationship. But there was a deep part of me that wanted to correct my dad's and my relationship growing up. And that had such a big impact on me mentally. I basically went into a depression. I stopped going out. I stopped going down the rugby club, didn't go out with anyone. I felt almost soul dead. There was no reason for me to get up every morning. That's how I felt. And it was a combination of talking to my wife because she clearly saw that something was wrong with me and just kind of slowly processing what was going on. I think men, we're very proud. We don't like being told like there's something wrong. We need our own processing time as personal as your fertility and what you perceive to be manly takes a lot of time to process. We always talk about the secrecy of infertility, even amongst women and women share like we share. We do. This is something that we don't often share. I can only imagine that it was a really lonely place for you and guys that are going through this. I mean, I talk about it very rarely in terms of go deep into the, the, the trenches, how I actually felt. And I would never say that I was like suicidal, but I didn't know what I was going to do if it didn't work. And I know from talking to so many men that other people are feeling like that. And it's one of the reasons why I talk out. I never want anyone to feel the way I felt. The fact that there was no one that they could talk to. Now, even now, I'm feeling it. I can feel myself feeling emotional about it. Reopening that book, kind of don't open it all the way because I don't want to remember how I felt. But it's important that I do in some cases because other people need to know that they're not the only ones that felt like it. It's a deeply emotional thing. You have this perspective of yourself as being a man and then suddenly what society deems as manly in terms of being able to have children is suddenly taken away from you. The manliness thing is very important because Kieran is a very manly guy. He's strong, he's fit, he's in good shape. So I think it's just really important to let people know it. It doesn't necessarily matter what you look like or what your physique is. It can happen to anyone. It's definitely something that literally can happen to anyone. I played rugby at a really good level, way flag of manliness. And I suddenly found out that that isn't true in terms of what society believes. So I've fallen on the one thing that every man's supposed to be able to do. Maria, I probably assume it was kind of similar for you, that this should be the one thing that a girl should be able to do. Oh, yeah. Uterus, ovaries, baby. That's how it should work. You know, boom, let's go. Yeah. Nope, yeah. it doesn't work. You're right. It can make men feel less manly and it can make women feel less womanly. And I'm sure there's lots of people in between as well. But I really appreciate you sharing. It's obviously really important to you. One of the things I like about your work, I've noticed on your website, Humanity Health and Fitness, that your tagline is, let's talk about it. I love that because I was saying to Roshan earlier today, I was like, it's perfect for you because you do like to talk. (laughs) And I was like, so it reflects who you are as an individual, but also it's absolutely crucial for people in the community. And as always, I was doing a little deep dive and From the research I was looking at, it said it was estimated that up to 7% of men are affected by infertility. 50% of fertility problems within a heterosexual couple are due to the man. And in around half of male infertility cases, the cause is unexplained. So this was me just doing a little bit of a deep dive. I was struck by a couple of things in that unexplained fertility can also happen in men, because obviously it's a bit of a killer when the women is diagnosed with unexplained. I was really interested in that. And in around 50% of fertility problems within a heterosexual couple are due to the man. I just thought, well, we do need to be talking about it. So what I wanted to ask you was, um, before we look at kind of things that you can do with your training to help men, I just wondered, what are the barriers to men talking about fertility? Is it just this, I am a man and I will not talk about my feelings? Or is it, you know, is it more than that? The biggest barrier is probably the stigma in society. 
you know we've mm. just talked about what men are perceived to have to do and mm. and i think for you really critically look at it for centuries men have acted the brave one the one who's there to provide for the family shows no emotion whatever goes wrong they can solve and part of that is showing no weakness isn't it society doesn't expect to see a man break down in tears mm. and cry over something uh, when that happens people kind of almost don't know what to do and they feel uncomfortable with it it's a fear of being judged and it was a real fear for me like, i remember trying to talk to a couple of my mates and that thing happened where you're just kind of it's either laughed about or briefly moved on you know oh it'll work mate you just gotta relax there's some rubbish comment like that and it's the same with the women i know my wife received the same comments like you just relax it'll be fine my husband's sperm doesn't work like you can't relax it's not going to solve it <laughs> i'm not laughing at your sperm but if that was the case i would have just gone for a good holiday to the bahamas and come back and it would be fine so I think the biggest barrier is the society, but there's so much going on now for the guys. It's not going to change overnight, but there's things like the um, Him Fertility support group. There's also people like me speaking out on social media. At the fertility show, there were several of us there talk to guys that are struggling, and we had one-to-one -one conversations. I was just going to ask you, actually, how would you go about finding if a man has any fertility issues? Because... You assume if you can do the deed, as they say, and everything works, you probably assume everything's okay. Where do you go? Are there clinics? Are there testing kits? Anything like that? The first protocol would probably be your doctor, if you've got a concern. Generally, there's no, there's nothing obvious. There's no physical sign. There might be on the odd case, like if you have something called a varicocele in your testicles, you can feel them. The blood vessels and capillaries in your testicles like, become very clogged up and the blood doesn't throw through like they should do and very detrimental to your fertility because basically your sperm and your testicles heat up, kills your sperm off. Now that is quite common. The research itself says that there's between 7% of men and 25% of men. So it's quite a wide range have this varicocele in the testicles and solving that for a simple procedure can improve your fertility health. When you're talking about your hormones uh, or your chromosomes or something like that, a deficiency there, you can't tell unless you have proper tests. Contacting your doctor, there are some great home test kits if you just want to see, if you just want to have a look. There's also uh, a few companies coming up um, that I'm really excited about that are doing a lot of work. Uh, one particular is called Test Him. It's run by Ian Stones and Toby Trice, and they're the guys that do the Him Fertility Group. You go on the website. You order the kit and it comes and you get tested and then it tells you what you kind of need to do. You need to get tested first. You need a proper MOT if you want to put it like that. You need to see a urologist and they need to, to give you a physical and then do the tests in terms of blood tests and things like that. Otherwise, you could just be literally throwing money away. At the beginning of the podcast, you told us how your sperm count massively, massively increased with changes to your lifestyle would you mind just remind us of that amazing number and how your sperm um, count increased and then could you talk us through the types of lifestyle changes that you did and that you support other people with my initial sperm count was around 1500 and then after lifestyle changes it went up to around 4 million with a viable sperm of around four percent the first thing i did was change what i ate i went on an all organic diet and I moved to more of a plant-based diet, eating red meat like once or twice a week. Filled up on vegetables, basically. 
<laughs> That's a simple way to put it. I cut out all the processed foods. There was no more Harry Bows and sweets and stuff like that. In terms of what I was consuming, I drastically reduced my alcohol intake. Due to my poor mental health at the time, my actual intake of alcohol had gone through the roof. I was using it as a crutch. Alcohol is one thing that definitely influences my semen quality. We've had tests when I was off alcohol and tests when I was drinking and there's a vast difference. I cut out alcohol completely, did a year without alcohol. And then also I looked at how I was training. So at the time, um, I was really into my high intensity training and basically destroying myself during every single workout. And I used to enjoy it. And what I did was I changed my training intensity to low to moderate. Started to do a lot more cardiovascular stuff, but it wasn't for as longer periods. So I'd go for a jog nine kilometers an hour 10 kilometers an hour and at the time that was felt like slow to me but i'd do it for like 20 minutes and then i'd have a 40 minute walk afterwards so rather than going for an hour's good hammering i was scaling everything back since then i've kind of looked into that in a lot more detail and got even more understanding in terms of how to increase testosterone and stuff naturally how that's done through weightlifting it's really interesting and i've worked with clients purposely to do that I didn't smoke anyway, but definitely smoking is something that people need to just cut out in general. It's literally the worst thing you can do for your health. I'm only laughing, Kieran, because Roshid is a, an ex-smoker, mm. but has quit. I haven't smoked over 10 years. A long time. She still drags it mm. up. Did you try cold water immersion? Yes. Did you? I'm always yes, fascinated by that. My wife thinks I'm mad. I have a tub in the garden. I get into, fill it with cold water and ice. By the time I didn't have that, so I used to have cold showers. Basically, you've got to cool down your balls to stop wearing your briefs. you got to start wearing a bag of your clothes just so it kind of has a bit more air to flow. Stop having warm baths. When you get in a hot bath, you're literally killing your sperm. Kieran, how many cycles did you have? So we had two fresh ones. Nothing happened. And then we had a frozen one. Jen fell pregnant. And then we lost at 11 weeks. And then on our third cycle... We fell pregnant with Sebi um, and he had a twin and we lost the twin, but he was successful. We had, and then we had, because I've got a daughter as well and she's two, we had two fresh for her and she came from a frozen from the second fresh one. Altogether, it was like seven cycles, if you look at it like that. You've had a tough time, I'm sorry to both you and your wife, for your loss, it's awful. It took time to process that as well. And we even still talk about Sebi's twin. He likes to talk about them. We lost another one before Enya's first cycle as well, we had a miscarriage. That's something that's often forgotten about, I think, uh, in terms of how men take that on board, because you stay so strong for your partner. For guys, again, because you don't necessarily have that ability to talk to each other, it could be just like, feel like you're just on your own. You are the only one this is happening to because you've got no yeah. references. It's something I talk to many guys about as well, and it sounds really negative, but I always had the conversation of, have you thought about if this cycle doesn't work? Have you thought about how you're going to cope with it? Because your wife's or your partner is going to need a lot of support. What support have you got? It's amazing the amount of people that go, I'll be all right. Because I'm looking at I'm going, trust me, mate, I've walked that path. And you need someone to talk to. And that's why anyone that I work with, I'm here for emails and texts. And they need someone to talk to. I'll pick up the phone and talk to people. But what I can do is listen and let them know that they're not the only one. For your clients, it must be such a relief they can come and talk to someone who understands, has been through it and also has come to the other end and has two beautiful children as a result of the process. 
I'm thinking that you also talk a lot about an area that I'm fascinated by, which is increasing testosterone. Being a slightly perimenopausal lady, it's all about yeah. the <laughs> testosterone. If someone comes to me and got low testosterone, well, there's definitely things you can put in. The main thing, weight training can improve testosterone. It was believed that like heavy weight training, but over the last year, I've spent quite a bit of time reading, but specifically about this subject and what became clear is it's the volume of what you're lifting, not necessarily how much you're lifting. Rather than lifting something like 90% of what you can do, let's take a deadlift, for example. If I'm training a guy, we're going to do some deadlifts just to increase the testosterone. It's a nice, easy exercise to learn. So rather than lifting, say, two or three reps of 90 to 85%, you would do, say, 10 reps of 70% of your one rep max, which is the most you can lift. So you just do 70% of that for 10 reps. So you're not exactly going to failure but you feel like you've lifted something and you would do that for several sets. So more than just your three sets, you'd be looking through five and upwards. And it's about the volume, not about how much. With your clients, are you also looking at a weight loss plan for them? Is that something that clients also have to look into? This is where it starts to get interesting because the most efficient way to do it and the quickest way to do it is high intensity with the correct diet and, and you will drop weight. But obviously, we talked about this previously, that that damages sperm. I structure a program for a man so he can lose the weight and then enter a cycle where he's going to be developing his sperm health. Because realistically, you can't effectively do both at the same time. I like six-month periods to work with my clients. Two to three months of what I'd call high-intensity training. Drop that weight to as close as you can get. Uh, and then you have uh, another three months of improved sperm health. Um, it's, it's incredibly difficult and I'd even say almost impossible to, to do this at the same time. I think this is one of the things that makes you stand out in your niche because I've never spoken to a PT before, with all due respect to other PTs out there, that would know what you've just said about sperm health and weight loss. If anyone did want to get in touch with you, Kieran, where would be, how do they get in touch with you? Website, email, that type of thing? On my website, humanityhealthandfitness.com and you can contact me, it says contact, so you can contact me directly there. Or you can send me an email at humanityhealthandfitnessoutlook.com. I have another uh, website which is called kieranhannington.com and that's just, I put more the emotional side of my journey on there. Did I hear a rumour that you've got a YouTube channel coming as well? Yes, it's starting on the 1st of October. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be a combination of just me kind of giving information, backed by research, but also I want to get some training programs up there so people can follow them. The reason I've started it is because a lot of people don't want to come straight to me. They want a base level of their own fitness. Once again, like it's that feeling of as if you're going to be judged. You're not at all. Like, I will literally take a client and build them up gradually. It's for people that also can't afford to have a PT. Um, they can go on the YouTube channel and watch the content that I'm putting out and follow along. It's about making as many possible avenues for people to improve themselves and to realize they're not on their own. And also just to have fun doing it. I, I'm going to make it as fun as possible and there'll be information and lots of things going on there. Thank you so much for joining us, Kieran. That was amazing. And we are delighted to have had you on the show. It was so good. Like, honestly, what a guy. And for the record, I would like to say both emotionally and with his fitness and everything else, he is one of the most manly men I've ever met, I think. 
that level of emotion is what should be considered manly. Wonderful. Just a wonderful, wonderful person. Maria, who will we be mm. speaking to next week? Well, again, as always, very, very excited because I have another friend and colleague coming on. Her name is Vicky Bonafoy, and she is an emotional support specialist within the area of fertility. And again, she's an amazing human being. She has been through her own fertility journey, and I really, really can't wait to speak to her. And nor can I. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week and please rate, comment and really importantly share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend that you consult your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production.